McCown Gordon Construction opened its Manhattan office in 2014, responding to business growth and client demand. The team is focused on engaging with communities in Manhattan and throughout the state of Kansas to bring projects to life. They are here to be your partner and view every project through a customer-centric, future-focused lens. Learn more at McCownGordon.com. Hello and welcome to the Think MHK podcast presented by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. On this podcast, you will hear about a variety of local matters pertaining to the business community. You also hear from local business owners to hear their story and gain valuable business insights. Thanks for tuning in today. We have a special guest with us for our first episode of season two. Uh, it is my predecessor at the chamber, Mr. Lyle Butler. Hey, Lyle, how are you today? Hey, good, uh, good to be here. So I'm a little intimidated. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I know oh, you no. and I both are our former media people. That's right. Uh, I was a journalist, uh, so I wrote. I mean, I was I, I was in the newspaper business. You were a broadcaster, well, electronic, right? Yeah. So yeah, electronic. I'm I'm not I'm not quite the broadcaster you are. So I think people are going to recognize right away that maybe you're a little more attuned to this than I am, but I do appreciate you coming on. So just try not to embarrass me too much. We'll work on it. All right. But I just wanted to take the opportunity to have you on and talk about your career. I'm, I'm a huge fan of yours. I've, I've said many times, I think Lyle Butler is one of the greatest chamber people I've ever uh, become acquainted with. And I didn't know you when you were the chamber president, but I certainly have become acquainted with some of your accomplishments here in Manhattan and, and feel honored to have followed you. But I thought it might be an opportunity to, to get to know you a little better. And for the people who maybe are new to the chamber or, or uh, didn't get a chance to know you when you were part of the organization. So thanks for being on today. And I appreciate it. I appreciate being asked. So let's go. What, are, right. we gonna, what are we going to talk about today? Well, for those that don't know the story, talk about how you ended up in Manhattan at the chamber. You know, uh, sometimes people talk about, is something meant to happen? Uh, is it predestined? Um, and it really started with Randy Martin, who is actually uh, also a former past president of the Manhattan Chamber. And while Randy was president of the chamber here in Manhattan, I was president of the Dodge City Chamber. And Randy and I go to the chamber state conferences. And about a couple of years before Randy left the chamber business here in Manhattan, he told me, he said, Lyle, I want to give you a heads up. I'm thinking of opening my own business in Manhattan and, and getting out of the chamber work. And he'd, he'd been chamber work up in the Kansas City area and other places. And so I said, wow, that'd be great. Manhattan would be a great place to go. And so, and every time I saw Randy, about every, he said, well, I'm getting closer. I decided since I had switched careers out of the radio broadcast industry into chamber work that I needed to kind of move on. So I accepted a position at the Greeley, Colorado Chamber of Commerce as president and CEO. I'd been there nine months and Randy Martin calls me and he says, Lyle, I just turned in my resignation. I'm opening a, or bought a business. And I said, Randy, I've only been here nine months. It's, it's unfair to the people of Greeley that after nine months that uh, I come to, or even apply, whether I'd get it or not, to Manhattan. So uh, then a uh, the Manhattan Chamber hired uh, Dan Collintone, and Dan came here. He was here about three years, and uh, at the end of three uh, three years, uh, he got a job and returned to the state of Ohio. And Larry Haka, who at the time was uh, president of uh, Landmark Bank here in town and had just come on the Chamber Board of Directors, 
And so uh, he called me because he and I go way back because he used to be in Dodge City. And in fact, I worked for Larry for a while, short term in the banking industry. And Larry was uh, president of a bank in, in Dodge City. So he says, Lyle, you need to apply. He said, I'm not on the search committee. Um, but he said, you, this would be great. And I kind of said, you know, uh, he said, think about it. So I said, okay. Uh, two weeks later, he called me back and he said, did you think about it? And I said, you know, Larry, to be really honest, I haven't. Um, I'm pretty happy in Greeley. I like what we're doing and all the great things happening in, in the marketplace. So uh, to cut the sh story short, um, ultimately, I did apply um, after uh, Larry in insisting that I do that. And, uh, and then um, uh, the rest is history. Um, went through a process and accepted the position and started uh, July 1st of 2020. Uh, no, 2000. <laughs> Have to think about that for a while. And, uh, and so um, it's, it was a great ride. And um, um, Manhattan's been a great, wonderful community, as you've already learned. Um, great people here, great leaders, um, and, I, and I've enjoyed it. But it, uh, at my press conference, when they introduced me as the chamber, guess who was sitting in the front seat? Randy, Randy Martin. Martin. And he said, Lyle, I knew someday you were going to be here. So, uh, so there's kind of a long story when you think about it. And, uh, and, and I'm certainly glad that, that I did come here. Kind of a side note, because uh, it has an effect here. Uh, before I left uh, Greeley, uh, a gentleman by the name of Bob Toynton, who's a K-State graduate, um, uh, and along with his wife, both K-State graduates, and uh, people in Manhattan and the, that may hear this know that the baseball stadium is named after him. And Bob Toynton and I were working on downtown redevelopment in Greeley, Colorado. And when Bob heard that I was leaving, he called me up and chewed me out on the phone. Or on the phone. And then he paused and he said, Lyle, if you were going anywhere else other than Manhattan, Kansas, I would be furious with you. But he said, if you're going to Manhattan, uh, that's a great place to be from. So it's always, a, always amazed that it's a small world. The current chamber president in Greeley, Colorado is one of my former coworkers that I worked with in Lincoln, Nebraska. So they just, you have all these connections as they go along and it's, it's amazing. It's a small, first of all, it's a small industry at the end of the day, yeah. but, um, but that's, but it is, it is funny that sometimes you run into the same people and, or people from communities like that. And Randy is still very active in yes, the chamber. And, and again, another individual that I look up to and, and he's been a good mentor in my, in my transition here as well. So you came in 2000. What were some of the initial challenges that you faced here at the chamber? You know, some of these, it's it, it's going to uh, somewhat sound familiar, but um, I think there was a lot of concern. There was a lot of effort. Um, Fort Riley had lost the Big Red One, uh, had moved to Germany, and uh, that had a major economic impact on our you know, on our community, and so that was a, a, a huge issue that was facing uh, the chamber. Manhattan and Riley County was losing population in the in the census um, that came out in 2000. We joined um, 84 other counties in the state of Kansas that were losing population, and so when I was hired, uh, there was just a great sense of urgency that although. K-State at that time, enrollment was increasing, and that was good. Uh, there was concern about the future of Fort Riley, um, and there was concern that, that Riley County had joined um, uh, most of the rest of the state of Kansas in losing population for the first time in a long time. So people were like, we've, we've got to do something. And, and my other big challenge, third big challenge, I would say, is when I came, 
They said, we have no money for economic development. Um, we get a little bit from the city of Manhattan and a little bit from Riley County. But in order to do a major economic development effort, um, and they said the first thing they wanted to do is they wanted to uh, have me present uh, to the executive committee and the chamber board a strategy and a plan to raise significant dollars for economic development. Well, and of course you did that. And that was, I have said multiple times, one of the things that impressed me about Manhattan was the commitment from the private sector to economic development. So per capita, for those that don't know, we probably have one of the largest private sector investments in economic development in the country. And so it went back to that, that moment in 2000. I agree. Um, and I think it was, uh, I was a, I'm a person still believe that um, economic development needs to be a partnership. And uh, I always felt personally that the business community was the group that needed to step to the plate first before we went to the city or the county. Because if the private sector didn't want to do it, then I think it's unfair to just, on a personal opinion, to, to put the burden uh, upon the city and the county to do that. And I was always proud to be able to stand before the city commission and county commission here and say that uh, two-thirds to 75% of our money is all private sector dollars to do economic development. So yes, that was my first challenge. And uh, I recommended that we hire a, a fundraising uh, firm to come in and, and uh, assist us in doing that. Uh, because prior to my coming, they the chamber did have a, an effort where they did do a fundraising campaign, uh, but they did it internally. And uh, Dan Colantone, who was the president and CEO, and I called him up and visited with him, he said, Lyle, don't do that again. He said it took too much staff time, and we said, actually, we weren't able to serve our business community and to take care of issues that we needed to. And so I shared that with our board, um, and as well as bringing in uh, a couple of firms for them to consider, and we ultimately hired them. And, and we're wrapping up our fifth campaign, right. and oh, we're over $3 million for five years, which is And great. that's, cr and, you know, incredible, because our first our first campaign, uh, we, we originally set a goal for $1.7 and I remember several board members, uh, their exact quote to me, they said, now live this is not the United Way uh, we're, or, or the Red Cross. Or we're not going to get that kind of money. And I said, no, I think that I think that money's here and the firm believes that. And uh, so we ended up raising two point one million that first year. Well, and they're right. It's not the United Way or the Red Cross. And those those entities are very important. But there's a difference in what I would see as philanthropy which is what I, the United Way and the Red Cross is, right. and investing in community growth and jobs, and which is what you correctly identified as the, what these funds needed to go towards. So congratulations on that. So that leads to my next question. Uh, you've obviously hit on a couple, but what are some of your top accomplishments you feel like as you, at your time at the Manhattan Chamber? Well, I think, uh, you know, the, the way you phrase the question is, is that I, I consider that all the accomplishments that I did was done in partnership. And I think the chamber played lead roles in a lot of things. Um, we've talked about some raising funds for economic development. You know, we did land some uh, companies here. Um, uh, Florence Manufacturing was probably one of our uh, bigger, or then it was called Auth Florence, and now it's just Florence Manufacturing. So that was nice. You know, a lot of, a lot of the, um, I 
I think the ones that come to mind real quick are NBATH. Uh, again, that was not something that uh, the chamber led, but we were a huge partner in that and spent a lot of time and money uh, traveling to Washington, D.C., lobbying, uh, working on that, uh, helping the local community understand the importance of NBAF. And now here it is uh, about to fully um, open. And so that's um, obviously exciting. We worked on air service. Uh, the chamber played a, a crucial role along with K-State and the city and went to Dallas numerous times to lobby um, American Airlines. And and we're very, very fortunate to, um, to be able to still today, even after the COVID shut us pretty well down for a while, to be back running five and six flights a day. And uh, I've had, uh, before I retired, I had a couple of business people say, you know, if we lose that, we would have to move uh, because we've now rely on that uh, commercial air service. And certainly K-State does, and it's just a big um, asset. Uh, the other big project was K-18. Uh, K-18 was a, a two-lane, uh, far of it was four lanes, but uh, most of it was two-lane. And uh, the chamber and the transportation committee at the time, again, went to Washington, D.C., worked with our federal uh, state legislators. And ultimately, we were in the right place at the right time when we had the big recession and money uh, was made available. We had a shovel-ready project, and, and uh, we got uh, K-18 done. You know, internally to the chamber, um, we started a military relations program. We didn't have um, a very strong one, but we made the financial effort through our fundraising to to be able to create a position where there's somebody working full-time uh, on all the military, not just Fort Riley, but our guards and units and and everybody. And I think that has uh, paid us big, you know, big dividends um, over the over the over the years. Another huge project was the downtown redevelopment. Uh, anytime you do a redevelopment project, you probably know this, Jason, and you touch that, it's always very controversial. Um, and Dave was here through through that and others. And, um, you know, we... we uh, uh, we started out, the chamber uh, took the lead role in it because there were some major retailers that wanted to come to the marketplace. Um, and for a variety of reasons, we had trouble finding a right location for them. And, and the community was kind of in a an uproar as to, well, somebody wants to go downtown and tear a bunch of buildings down. And a chamber member, Brent Bowman, and I decided we would take uh, 40, and he contributed his time for it. Uh, we did 41 focus groups in this community. And we went to senior citizen groups and to property owners downtown, managers downtown, the student body at K-State. And we simply walked in and, and the focus group was very simple. They said, so there's no developer here, which there wasn't. Money's not an issue on the table. What do you want your downtown to look like? And we did that through 41 groups over a year. And uh, it's always amazing to me that when you bring a diverse group of people together, the common themes that came out and went and in the end, uh, there were seven common themes that people said that they wanted in their in their downtown if it was to be redeveloped. We took that to the city commission and said, this is what people say they want. And then because we were the lead economic development, uh, the city turned to us and said, find a developer that's willing to do those seven things. And so we interviewed a lot of developers from Kansas City and around and then settled on a developer. And then that led to lots of meetings and planning. Um, and uh, it was a 10-year project to get it done. 
And so, you know, we could go on and on um, with with many, many uh, things um, as it relates to the chamber. I think uh, it, within the chamber itself, I think we strengthened the Convention and Visitors Bureau. Um, their budget increased uh, due to the transient guest tax uh, and, and that helped facilitate uh, a lot more outreach um, uh, by the community. And I think the biggest thing is we just continued the great partnership that was already here, but I think we improved it and it continues to evolve today. The partnership being with the city, the county, the school district, Manhattan Area Technical College, Fort Riley, K-State, the state of Kansas. Um, uh, those are, those are thi- that, that's the way you get things done. So let's go, let's talk about the partnership for a minute. When you and I were visiting during the interview process, I remember specifically saying, because I, I had been in university cities, and I remember specifically asking you, you know, they say the city and the chamber and the university are working together, which I've never seen actually happen in any other communities. Is that the truth, or, or am I getting fed a line? And you said, no, it's the truth. It's the truth. What, what do you think that is? Why do you think that happens here and it doesn't happen? It doesn't happen in Lawrence, at least what I'm told. It doesn't happen in Lincoln. I can tell you I live there. Some, but not to the extent here. It certainly doesn't happen in Norman, where I was before, Stillwater. Why, why Manhattan? Why does it work here? You know, I think, and I can't take uh, credit for it because it was established before I came here. I think we just worked on enhancing it. And, and I think that, I think where my opinion is, is that the people that I worked with, the city manager, the president of the university, um, presidents of the colleges, the school superintendent, um, they put their egos aside and said, you know, I can see the bigger picture and the betterment that if we work together and we, and, and, and that continued. And so at times, sure, that we have disagreements, but we'd pick up the phone and we'd call and we'd say, okay, and we'd, we'd keep each other informed and we brought each other, as, as you know, the chamber, you, you have you, in the past, you've had ex officios and so they get to know what the business community is doing and, and then everything from superintendent searches to uh, hiring a new president at, at Kansas State University, the chamber was always asked to be part of that to give input to to uh, to be available and so i think part of it was the willingness to say okay we're going to put our uh, egos aside and we're going to sit down at a table and we're going to um, work together and and i tell people because i've i've had people from outside uh, manhattan the same thing when i go to conferences and you talk about well our community does this i had numerous people how do you do it and in fact uh, in my tenure here we had several uh, i can remember fresno california came here and their mayor came and their university people and a consultant came and they wanted to know the exact same thing and they met with me and they met with uh, then it would have been dr Weefall and and uh, they met with the mayor um, um, and and they just, how do you do it? Uh, and we talked about that. We're set up so that we're each meeting with each other all the time. Uh, I don't think a lot of people realize that, uh, that there's just constant communication that's going on. So one group isn't surprising another group. And we found that the strength of uh, allowing all the entities to be part of it, we can get more things done and get it done quicker. But it's intentional, right? I mean, it it's, it's not something that happens by chance. It is. No. And it's got to continue to work. And at least as an outsider now, three years retired, it seems to still be working. So there's been a lot of changeover. I mean, there was, there's been um, obviously a changeover at the chamber, or a changeover at the university. Um, 
now, some new county commissioners, um, new city commissioners. Uh, so um, uh, it still seems to me that there's a great deal of respect. The one, the one thing that I think that the, uh, the last thing I'll say on it is uh, I think there's a trust element. And so far in my tenure of 19 plus years, um, there was complete trust between the organizations and of, of what when we said something or when we talked or when they said, can you keep this confidential? We honored that. So going back to a couple of things you mentioned earlier, I want to specifically ask a little more about MBAF. There were a lot of groups worked on that, including the chamber. But talk about how does a community, because I was in Lincoln at the time, and we were pretty amazed that Manhattan landed MBAF because we, we'd seen the project and knew the capacity of what that project was and what they needed. Go through the process about how Manhattan won a project that substantial, certainly competing with places like San Antonio and, and other major cities. I think I can sh- just what we've been talking about um, in the last few minutes is that um, after we got um, and we were selected, even when it was narrowed down, but ultimately when we were selected, um, I can't tell you. Um, I remember one trip going to Washington, D.C., and uh, we were lobbying uh, for the project. I mean, Senator Pat Roberts was the lead. And uh, at that time, it was uh, Governor Kathleen Sebelius was kind of the co-chair of the NBAF committee. And so when you uh, go to these major events where you're talking about the assets of Kansas and you're talking about the assets of Kansas State University and the assets of our community, I think people just said, you all really do get along there, don't you? And, and it's kind of what you asked a, a few minutes ago is what the same question that you asked me. People said, gosh, everybody can finish everybody's sentences. So it's not like it's just this one event that you're coming to Washington, D.C. You all know each other and you all work together um, and the strengths that you had. The other thing that we did, which I'm very proud of Kansas for this, is that there were two finalists, Leavenworth and Manhattan. And the city commissions of both communities wrote a letter of support for the other community. That's pretty unusual. Um, and, and I can't tell you how many people said that, like in Texas, for example. That they would not were, happen in Texas. They, they, the communities were fighting each other. Yes. And so our delegation... Uh, before uh, Leavenworth was eliminated, uh, they could not believe how we were cooperating and coming. And so I remember some of the uh, people who were making the decisions in the early stages, I mean, they looked at us and they said, so you really would support Leavenworth? And we said, absolutely. And they looked at the Leavenworth people and said, so you'd support Manhattan? And they said, absolutely. Um, and I think that's the strength of people working together. And, and I couldn't be more proud of Kansas as a state when we did that, uh, because I think that sent a very, very, very powerful message. Now, we had all the assets that we had to do. And I remember when it got down to the, f- the final uh, deal where they were going to eliminate folks and get it down to the final five, is that um, when they came to Manhattan, I think some of the people were pre uh, had predestined or predetermined in their mind that Manhattan just wasn't much of a community. And I remember that our whole session started and, and they were doing, spent the exact same time in the five final communities. Uh, so Manhattan got no more than, than anybody else. But when they, when they came down to 
to Manhattan, uh, you could just tell, they said, well, we've kind of heard Leavenworth's story and we, it's probably the same here. And, you know, you could just, you just could tell. They, and then they toured the BRI facility. And, uh, and I had the good fortune of touring that facility a couple of times. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a scientist. It, was, it looked very impressive when you get inside. These people who went on the, the tour, when they came back from the tour, you could tell that they were so engaged and they sat back down and there was a whole group of us, the president of the university and representatives from the city and the chamber. And they looked at us uh, in the audience and they said, this is the finest bioresearch facility in the world today that you have in Manhattan, Kansas. They were so impressed. They had no idea. Well, then that triggered. And so then they said to us, which this was unplanned, they said, well, we need to learn more about Manhattan and where would our scientists live? And I think that there was a perception, which there is when you're going to small town America, that we must live in mobile homes and low uh, houses. And so uh, Ron Fear, the city manager, was there, and he said, well, if you want, if you have time, we can give you a quick tour and show you some of the places. So they looked at each other and said, you can get, a, you can get us a tour right now? And Ron says, yeah, I'll get you a tour right now. He says, give me 15 minutes and I'll have a bus here. And, uh, and we, uh, he and I gave them just a tour of a few neighborhoods, and they were wow, like, wow. This is pretty impressive. You, you all have a pretty good, I mean, you know, it's like this shock uh, to these people who live in Washington, D.C. and other places who just didn't realize the quality of life that we have here in the community. So, I mean, we have lots of assets uh, that helped us win. But again, I think it was the people and the willingness and how well we work together. I know we've talked about before you and I have when I was considering Manhattan and I've used the term Manhattan is much greater than Google says it is. You have to visit and experience it, I think, to understand it. We've created a new brand called Made for Manhattan, where we're trying to get that out a little more. Because, again, as somebody who moved here and, and experienced that process, I want to figure out how to communicate that better with people considering Manhattan, too. So you're exactly right. You are listening to the Think MHK podcast. Our guest today is Lyle Butler, former president and CEO of the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. I know this is a hard question, but I have to ask it because sure. that's the journal, journalist in me. Is there anything that you look back on and think you might have done differently or wish you had done differently? You know, that's a good question. There were so, in nine, when you look at 19 years, there were so many things that, um, that happened that I'm very proud of. I think that the one thing that I regret that I didn't get accomplished or do it sooner was is that there was, an, and you and I have talked about this a little bit too, is, is that prior to my leaving, I felt like that we needed a new vision for where we wanted to go as a community. And I tried to get um, our leadership in the community to understand we needed to do that, and I didn't get that done. Uh, we started it uh, with Region Reimagine, uh, but the one thing I learned is is that there was too many transi transitions going on. I was going out the door, someone new was going to come in, which we didn't know who at the time, and I just think we missed um, uh, the mark on waiting too long, 
And so I know now that people are pulling together. I know, in fact, I think your leaders retreat coming up, uh, they got postponed again because of COVID, but coming up later this year or in the spring is going to talk about that very subject is to the city's kind of got some plans and the county and the chamber and university and how do we ferret that out? And I think that's important to have a vision because I always felt like when I came here that we had a vision, we knew where we're going, we knew and I knew the last probably three years I was here, it's kind of like, if we don't get somewhere, we're going to have some issues. Yeah. And it's, I think you're being a little hard on yourself. I do think there were some economic challenges that that you were facing towards the end of your tenure, which included reduction in students. It included, you know, losing a battalion, which has, and none of those things are controllable, right? For at least from a, from a chamber community standpoint. And so it just, I think it snuck up on people. I do think that the region reimagined strategy, which we're obviously working on all the Manhattan parts of that, have really been a positive in terms of our rebuilding our economic development infrastructure. And so uh, you had a lot of vision to get that done. And then the regional parts of that are actually now have transitioned to the Flint Hills Regional Council, and they're very focused on what they can do to to promote and enhance the regional collaboration on economic development. So I'd applaud you for that. Um, I do, you know, obviously there's things we all wish we could have done more before we leave a community, but you certainly left us in a, in a great position and, and I appreciate that. Did you know early in your tenure that you were going to end up spending two decades at the Manhattan Chamber and that you would retire in Manhattan? No. When did, when did that happen? You know, when I came here, actually, the search committee said, one of the questions they asked is they said, Lyle, how how long will you stay here? And I said, you know, sure, I'd commit five years. But I said, that depends upon whether uh, you feel uh, I'm effective and then whether I feel I'm effective. I said, I'm smart enough to understand that if if I've kind of taken what talents I have and used them and somebody else needs to come in, then then I will move on. Um, um, but I, I would have to say that probably about maybe four or five years into it, I was just excited because there were so many things, good things that I saw going on that we were working on. And that just kind of excited me. I did have a couple of opportunities where I had some headhunters call and stuff said, Lyle, we've heard your reputation. We really would like you to apply here, here, here. Well, one of those would have made you my boss, right? Yeah. At that particular time, yeah. they yeah. called you from where I was yep. working. Yeah. They did. In Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. They called me. They kind of laid out, here's what we want. And we said, we had several people tell us that you're the guy we need to have in Lincoln. And you miss, you miss getting to work with me all those years. Well, but, I'm sure Man, but I'm sure Manhattan appreciates that. It would have been hard to go from purple to red, but I guess, you know, we could have we uh, done that. But, but, you know, I'm one of these and that I was right in, at the time that that occurred. We were really into the downtown redevelopment. And I just really felt like that if there was a real change in leadership um, uh, and commitment, that it might get derailed. And uh, there's just something in my makeup that felt like I, I'm, I wanted to make a commitment. I wanted to get that done. Um, and, uh, and that's just my DNA that I really feel. It's the same thing when Randy Martin told me that I was in Greeley, Colorado for nine months. And Lyle, why don't you apply to Manhattan? Um, I just, it just didn't me. I couldn't do that. Even though maybe I would have made more money or had more opportunities or whatever, it just it just didn't feel right for me to do that. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just can't help those things, right? Um, so when did you decide you were going to retire here and, and maybe go into a little bit 
when did you decide, because I've heard from some other staff people that you have, you were pretty adamant early on that you were going to be retired by this point. But so was that true? And number two, when did you decide Manhattan was the place you were going to? I think that uh, uh, I felt as, as long as I had good health and I've been very fortunate to have good health. Uh, I'm just the kind of person that I, as I tell people, they say, oh, you're going to go golfing. And I said, you know, I don't golf. Well, what about fishing? You know, I don't fish. Well, what do you like to do? I said, I like doing what I'm doing as president of the chamber. That's, that's my hobby. That's what I love. That's my passion. I love making changes. I love uh, having the opportunity to improve the quality of life um, for the entire community. And so I said, as long as I have the energy, as long as I have good health and my wife has good health, um, I said, I'd like to keep, keep doing it. But I did tell early on, probably three, three and a half years before I retired, I shared at least with the chair of our board and the incoming chair, I said, I have made a decision just so you know that I am going to retire before I turn 70. I'm not going to be, I don't want people to say, well, gosh, when is that old guy going to leave? You know, he needs to move on. And so I made that. And then about a year and a half before announcement, I told, shared with our whole executive committee. My wife and I talked about, you know, I would say that uh, 15 years ago, my wife and I, when we retired, we were going to move to Colorado. We have some family out there. I've, I've uh, twice I've lived out there and really enjoyed it. So we made a decision and now, actually, probably eight years ago now, we actually downsized the size of home we had here and uh, went to a smaller home and said, we're going to retire in Manhattan. Some of it has to do with, for our family, it is a central location. We have family in Colorado. We have family in Texas. We have family um, in Missouri and Chicago. And I tell you, the air service has made a, a difference in, in one of our decisions because we do use that um, air service to go visit family. And Manhattan's just a great place to live. I mean, there's so many um, opportunities. You know, I think, I think one of the hardest things is for people who maybe have lived here most of their life to see the quality that they really have. And then you and I know, because we've lived in other communities, what's good and what's bad. You know, uh, the other night, for example, my wife and I went to the musical South Pacific. And uh, I can tell you that we've had family members from Chicago come here um, and they have looked at um, what McCain produces and they go, Lyle, you, you're seeing the same things we're going to see in Chicago. And, and they said, well, number one is it takes us two hours to get to the venue in Chicago, two hours to get home afterwards. That's if traffic is good. And we pay twice the amount of money to see it. And plus you have sports if you're a sports person. I mean, we go on about all the, all the good things, but sometimes when you're, it's the old forest for the trees or sometimes the same people in Colorado, they get so used to seeing the mountains, it's not a big deal to them. So who are some of the people within the chamber, either volunteers or members or staff, uh, that positively impacted your time here the most? Oh gosh, there's there's a there's a lot of people. Dave Dave Lewis. Uh, <laughs> no, and, and all kidding aside, you know, media. We talked about media and journalism. We're very fortunate in Manhattan to have local media, locally owned media. That's really helped us. And so I, I kind of say that a little bit because I'm a media person. I know the importance. We could have all nationally or regionally owned media and 
the the media plays a very very crucial role. Not everybody agrees um, with their editorials or what they stand for, but um, you know th- that has been a positive input. I tell you, a guy that isn't here with us anymore, Roger Schultz. He is a builder. His son is uh, still owns Schultz. Uh, Tim Roger was a. a uh, a guy that really kind of saw the future, and he was the first one and was chair of the board of the chamber when we did our first campaign. And he personally went out and raised, uh, went door to door with business people and got uh, uh, almost half of the money raised single-handedly because he believed in the future and economic development. Now, he was a local builder, but he saw the, he would see the benefits of of, uh, you know, something like that. You also had another person who seems like they're all coming from the building industry, but Wayne Sloan, um, uh, you just honored him as citizen of the year. Um, you know, I think I, if I look back, um, uh, you know, almost all my chairs of the board were very, very good. They influenced, they were, they were good people. You know, I, Neil Horton is another person that comes to mind. I mean, these people really got it and they worked hard, made tough decisions sometimes behind the scenes that needed to be made to move our, our community forward. I do a little bit of consulting now with other chambers across the state. And one of the things that you really find is, is that where communities are struggling is a lack of leadership willing people willing to step forward with money and ideas and willing to make tough decisions Uh, manhattan has not uh, been that is in my in my term here you know dennis mullen was had a great deal of influence Uh, rich seidler uh, in my early days here, uh, they were leaders, uh, and in, in some cases still are leaders in this community that had to make tough decisions. And I'll give credit to uh, Linda Weiss. Linda Weiss, uh, uh, another chair of our board, this was right, her chairmanship came during the peak time of NBAF at her own expense. She flew back to Washington on her own several times to lobby uh, for NBAF. How you just you just don't find people like that in every community that are willing to do that. That's where we're very fortunate uh, to be able to do those kinds of things. I agree with that. And, and nearly every one of those people are still involved yeah. and, and, are, and are very influential. Um, so I'm going to ask our producer, Dave Lewis, to hop on for just a minute. We're at the lovely Ad AstraCast <laughs> Studios. First time I've heard of Dave, I just accepted the position and you all did a special show at K-Man for Lyle. And do you, do you remember that? Oh, I do okay. very much. So similar to this interview, um, Lyle started off said, well, I didn't really do anything. And I didn't. And I remember you say, Lyle, be quiet and let us honor you. Um, and I thought that was an interesting uh, dynamic. And, and as I've gotten to know you, I can see where that came from. But, but I do think it's important to understand the impact that Lyle had on this community. And I know you, you feel a similar way. It's immeasurable. You know, you, I've been here for 30 years where I've looked at a lot of people that have come through in various capacities. And, and the dynamic of Manhattan has just so, so different from what it was in 1991 when I first moved here. K-State was beginning to build it. There's this, these two guys at K-State, John Weefald and Bill Snyder, that impacted everything greatly. I remember how everybody seemed to be so scared to try to... You know, figure out what to do after the big red one left, and uh, you know that was that was when we first started economic development programs, and you know we were in line to get um, an airline manufacturer. Um, wasn't Cessna. Cessna? Cessna. We were in line to do that. And I remember how we just seemed really, really, truly disappointed that we didn't land that. It would have been nice, but 
it did set, I think, a, a precursor for the community that, hey, we can do a lot of things here. We've got some resources that are available. Let's just keep pushing and see what we can find. And then, you know, you, you had talked about off forms. We've had some companies that, that didn't last long, but we got buildings. They've been reoccupied by some other types of businesses, and the employment numbers have gone up. I used to say that this was a town that didn't really care too much about its young people. Now we got a bunch of young people that are staying and employed here. They're living here. Like all of the uh, great qualities that Lyle was talking about, you know, the young people are enjoying those as well. And I'm talking even even kids, you know, that are, are, are still in school. And there's so much more here now. The, the, the vitality of downtown has in, <laughs> increased incredibly. A lot of that goes to lo- local restaurateurs and business owners. And, you know, and a lot of that goes back to leadership through the chamber, you know, at Kansas State University. We've had some some help from people that have been in elected capacities as well. But I think one of the things that really stands out to me is how everybody seems to really want to work together around here. And that's obviously uh, Manhattan has definitely reaped the rewards of some truly capable people. We punch above our weight for that very reason. We're we're involved with some projects that by our community size – we should not be involved with, but it's because when they when they visit or when they hear about what's going on, they're willing to consider Manhattan as an option for that very reason. So having said all that, it's probably not wisest for a new chamber president to come in and try to follow a legend. But but clearly I um, decided to do that, maybe maybe against better judgment. I'm thrilled that I did. But my last question is this law, what advice would you give to our current chamber president? The advice I would give is to keep the partnerships going at what, whatever you need to do, keep that partnership. That's where we're ahead of the game. And, and I've had a lot of chamber directors that I've known, and, I, and Lawrence is a great community, so I don't want people to think we're here trashing Lawrence because I'm not. It's, it's got some great assets. And, uh, but I will and say, wonderful I, people at the chamber. And there's the wonderful way. people yeah. at the chamber. Yes, there are wonderful people at the chamber. Um, and they envy the fact that we're able to have that kind of relationship. And I know they're making some efforts and some headway uh, but they've always, in my, in my 20, almost 20 years here, they always said, Lyle, how do you do it? What is it uh, that, um, that makes it happen? And, you know, just as we shared earlier in this uh, broadcast, we, we work at it. Um, and you got to work at it day and night and, and go through the highs and lows and support people um, and efforts when that, when that occurs. Well, Lyle, I couldn't think of anybody better to kick off season two with. When we first started talking about who that guest should be, I said, do you think Lyle would do the show? And Dina said, well, I'll call him and and convince him that he needs to. So thank you so much for being on with us today. And thank you for uh, being available to me when I have questions or things that that I want to kick off or kick around with with somebody who's been in the trenches before. And um, thank you for staying in Manhattan and everything that you've done for us. Great community. Thank you for asking me. And I look forward to some exciting future years in Manhattan. Thanks for listening to this episode of Think MHK, a podcast produced by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. If you enjoyed the Think MHK podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe and share it out on your social media channels. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce.